Firstly, can I say, uh, thank you so much for having me here at Restore. This is uh, awesome uh, to see. I don't know if you guys know, but my history is in youth groups. Every Friday I was a youth group leading maybe two decades. And um, so it's always nice to be able to come back and just to see you guys out of the school context and interacting and having fun and uh, learning about Jesus, different year groups coming together. It's awesome. And uh, I was just excited when he asked me to preach uh, here because I heard you guys were doing Genesis. And Genesis is definitely one of my favorite books in the Bible. Uh, it's just got all... all do, do you guys still say OG? Is that like way past? Like OG people, like the original gangsters, like Abraham and, and Adam and Eve and Noah. No. <laughs> Stop trying to call Mr. H. Yeah, okay. Um, but really, where God uses these people and their relationships with him, broken people, uh, powerfully. Um, and I've actually loved listening online to the podcast to Restore. Now, I don't know if you guys do this. Can I please commend this to you? Even if, so definitely if you miss a Friday, go back and listen. Uh, but even if you are here, can I say, I, I notice a lot of the times when you when you listen to a sermon, often you miss things. Listen to it again, okay? So good. Uh, now, when I've been listening, I've learned a little bit about your leaders as well, and, um, and just just the things they taught. So Sam, Sam, I learned, uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't when he thinks about Noah and, the, and, the, and, and what happened there, the story, it's not just about animals, okay? It's not just about two animals. And, uh, and, he, and he doesn't like the word ark, okay? Prefer the big boat. Now, Sam, is it okay if I use that because I prefer the big boat as well? Yes. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Big boat. And, um, and then Mickey, do you guys remember where Mickey, the, the rainbow, is like God putting down his bow. Do you remember that? Very cool. Uh, and then I learned that Warren... Year eight maths in year five and six, or was that year five or year six, Lauren? Five. Year five. Respect. Now, I know those guys because Lauren used to go to school at Kuiper and, and Sam used to come help out the, 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 the primary group and Mickey helps out at the lunchtime group. And so Isaac, I, I knew a bit, little bit less about, but I feel I know more about him. And, uh, and, and I, I feel like, I feel a real kid, like, you love your mum, man. I mean, even though you made her cry and you felt bad about it, right? Yeah, and can I say, uh, I've been around for a long time, and I was actually there when uh, Tamagotchi was first born. And, um, and can I say, Isaac, of all the things that Tamagotchi dad has ever done, can I say, respect, man, respect. I'm sorry for your loss, and I'm sorry for your probably stinky hand as well. Yeah. But look, in, in all seriousness, you guys have top-notch Bible teaching here, okay? Quality, and it's such an important thing. Uh, and and so, even just thinking about uh, what we're going to look at today, we need to think back to maybe two weeks ago when Isaac was talking about uh, Abraham and Isaac. Give a bit of a bit of a, a recap there, because Isaac, the character, uh, once he kind of gets older, and then Sam last week talking about his sons, his twin sons, Jacob and Esau. And uh, let me just find my spot here. And as we said before, Esau chooses, he decides to take lentil soup, immediate lentil soup, over his birthright. Uh, it, was, it was rightly his. But then also Jacob deceived his brother to get that birthright. Um, and there's also another deception that he uses even, even bigger 
Uh, and I, I won't go too, too much into that, just for time's sake. But, um, uh, but Jacob, again, deceives in order to get the blessing from Esau as well. And so uh, this is actually really important for our passage when we're looking at Jacob, because that's, what we, that's, that's the guy we're going to be looking at. And so you think that that's all, all you would need to know. There's actually four chapters in between last week and this passage we're going to look, look at today. So I'm just going to do a whirlwind uh, look at those four chapters and what's kind of the most important thing. Before we do that, I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this part of your word. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to come uh, and, and look at it. And we ask that you would uh, please still our hearts and still our minds and open our ears uh, to hear what you have to tell us tonight. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so four chapters. Esau's not happy. He's furious. Okay? He wants to kill Jacob for the things that he did. And so Jacob, mama's boy, Rebecca, his mum says, go. Okay? Go, to a different, the, the, go to a farm. Okay? My, my, my brother lives there. Go. So off Jacob goes by himself. And, uh, and he gets this place. And he decides to lie down and go to sleep. And has anyone heard of Jacob's Ladder before? Okay, so you might have heard that, heard that, uh, that the thing, Jacob's Ladder, there, there was, a, there was a, 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 a thing on camp, wasn't there? Jacob's Ladder was like a challenge. So this is where it's from. Um, and now, in our translation, it's a staircase, but whatever. Either way, there were stairs, and he, and he dreams uh, that uh, he sees angels coming up and down the staircase. And then he sees God at the top of the staircase. And God speaks to him, and God says this. Now, you need to listen because I'm going to ask you questions after this, alright? God says this, There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west, and to the east, to the north, and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you, and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. So, what acronym does this little uh, passage remind you of that you've been learning about? Oh, hands have gone up. Yeah, hit me up. Blob, very nice. Everyone remember Blob? Love it? Okay, so we have everything in this one. We've got, ble- we've got blessing. What does it stand for? Yep. Blessing, land, offspring, blessing. Thank you, Cameron. So much blessing, right? So, here we have, right? Here we have Isaac, who was, who Jacob tricked into getting blessing. Now, again, we have this God speaking to Jacob and saying, I'll bless you, and you will have offspring, and you will have this land where you're standing in, north, south, east, west, you're going to have it. Blessing. What? Okay. But remember as well, the last bit, uh, where it says all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Okay. So remember that. It's a blessing. It's important. Anyway, so he gets to his uncle's farm. Well, he almost gets to his uncle's farm and he, he hits a well, right? And he, and he at the well, just chilling, and a girl rocks up at the well. And yeah, a bit like that. And, um, and so, you know, they have a chat and then you kind of hear... Uh, I love this girl, her name's Rachel, she happens to be Laban's daughter. And uh, anyway, so he kisses her on the first date. Well, it wasn't even a date, he just kisses her right there. You can read that later, that's a great time. Um, and he's like, 
I'm going to marry you. So basically, right, he goes to his uncle and, and he's like, oh, fine, you can have her. Um, you just got to work for me for seven years. And Jacob's like, you know what? Seven years is nothing for Rachel. You got a deal. So he works for this guy, Laban, seven years, gets to the end of his seven years, marries Rachel, but then Laban decides to do the old switcheroo and swaps Rachel for Leah. But he's not quite as, as keen on not quite as keen on the sister. The old sister. Right? So then he's like, but what about Rachel? And Laban's like, well, have another seven years. Esau. And that's where we get 
to our passage. Uh, these details are actually really important because can I ask you, how do you think, after this story that we just heard, that God has been blessing Jacob? I'm not going to point anyone out, just hand over your thing. Alright, hang on, let's start this again. Alright, let's do it different. Um, do you think that God has been blessing Jacob? Yes. Yes. Alright, beautiful. Hands up, excellent. Hands down. Good. Alright, because it's significant. Now, uh, Declan, I believe, is going to come up and read the Bible with it for us. And it's going to come up on the screen. So, please follow me. Okay, so the passage for tonight comes from Genesis 32, which is 22 to 32. Jacob wrestles with God. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabal. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying it was because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. So there's our passage. Now, first thing I want to do is just to address two kind of elephants in the room in this passage. which I think sometimes these questions kind of detract from the main point of it. The first one is, who was Jacob wrestling with? So uh, it says a man, uh, and people have come up with different ideas and different opinions on who this was. Some people say it was an angel. Other people say it was Jesus himself. Uh, and you can check that out yourself if you like after this. It's called Christophany. There's lots of people who have different opinions. All that we know is uh, that Jacob is clear that uh, it is God. And so here God has taken the form of a man. The second thing that might stand out in this passage for you is it says that the man couldn't overpower Jacob. How could God not overpower a man? So again, there's a few different uh, opinions that people have. Uh, The first theory is that uh, Jacob's mistaken and that wasn't God, but that doesn't really kind of make sense. Uh, Some people say that he is appearing as God, but he's kind of taken some of his godly strength away, so he's not quite fully, but again, it doesn't really say that in the passage either. Uh, some people say it's kind of like like a dad wrestling with his son, um, you know, he kind of doesn't use all his power uh, or his strength um, just to kind of show, uh, you know, that. So, so kind of the father-son thing. Um, if in the end, these things are questions, I guess, that can be debated, and feel free to come and have a chat to me afterwards if you want to talk about that. Uh, but I do have limited time, I know, so I kind of just want to point out things uh, which I think are key in this passage. So, speaking of wrestling, uh, some of you may know that I have a background in karate. Okay, So I used to teach karate for a while. Um, I now teach some boxing with some kids at school. Hands up, I've taught you boxing before. Yeah, nice, very cool, hands down. Thank you. Um, so I actually started learning karate when I was in year 7. And uh, by the time I was in year 10, 
I was a blue belt. Believe it. Which, okay, so get this, goes, goes white, hang on, it gets better. White, yellow, orange, green, blue. I was so proud. In my little, in my the dojo, right, we, in the Japanese name for his kumite, in my little dojo, dojo is like a little area that you hang out with where you do karate, I had fought kumite, free spar, most of the blue and brown belts in year 7 up to year 9, and some of the blue and brown belts ten, year 10 and above. So I was like, I think I'm ready for a competition. So I went to my sensei, I'm like, sensei, I'm ready for a competition. And he was like, yes. I'm gonna. I'm going to book you in to a regional tournament. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, my mum washed my my gi, my karate uniform, uh, and she drove me to this tournament. And I was strutting, you know, with my blue belt. I'm the man. Check me out. Kumite. First bout I had, right? And I won. You better believe that year 10 Michael Hottinger was strutting afterwards. Yeah. Round two, okay, up against a brown belt. Now he was a bit taller than me, but you know what? I got this, right? So here we go, right? Bow to each other. Take your stance. All right. And the guy yells, Hajime! Which means go in Japanese. So here we go, right? Ooh. Alright, caught me in the gut. Alright, I'll take that. Half a point, no worries, I got this. Second round. Hajime! So I'm doing these ones? I'm doing these ones? Now, boys and girls who have taught boxing, what is the one thing that you are never to drop? He shook my hand, he made sure I was okay, 
And he's like, you're really well, man. And I've never, and I've never forgotten that. That's, that, that, was, that was something that changed me. Because the thing is, my pride was broken. I'd been cut down. My inflated ego, ego had been completely popped. I'd been humbled. And the thing was, I wasn't crying. I wasn't crying because I got hit. I wasn't crying because it hurt. I wasn't really even crying because I lost. I was crying because I'd been embarrassed in front of everyone. But his reaction was what made me, made me realize that my attitude beforehand was wrong. This guy was humble and caring. He was so much stronger and so much so better skilled than I was. But he didn't rub it in. And it changed me. And I wonder if you've ever felt this before. It might be like, like me for sports. Maybe like, I don't know, if you, you're a gun in handball or soccer or netball and, and someone's kind of shown you and humbled you. It's a powerful experience. Or maybe like a teacher or a parent has kind of pulled you up on something that you've done. You've been like, yeah, okay. That was, that was, that was pretty silly. And it popped your ego. And you're humbled, and it wasn't to, it wasn't to make you feel bad, but it, it touches, it, it, it changes. I don't know if you guys have experienced that, um, but I think it's really important, uh, and I think it's kind of a bit like what happens to Jacob when he's wrestling. He's alone, his whole family, all his possessions are over the stream, and God comes <coughs> and, and, and wrestles with him. And it says that this that God actually wrestled with, sorry, th- yeah, this man wrestled with Jacob till daybreak. All night. And during the wrestling match, right, it says that the man touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched from its socket. Okay? So there's the power of God. Jacob never really had a chance, right? Now you probably know that in wrestling and many martial arts, we have a thing called the tapper. Okay? So if someone has you in a choke or someone has you in an armbar or whatever or a hold, you can tap or tap the canvas and it means you lose but it also means they don't snap your arm. Uh, Jacob didn't tap out. And I spoke to my father-in-law, who's a scientist, and he's like, that is painful. <laughs> to have your hip popped out of its socket is painful. The man dislocates Jacob's hip, and he doesn't tap out. He keeps wrestling, and when it's daybreak, and the man's like, all right, it's been good. Let me go now. Listen to Jacob's answer. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Didn't we say that Jacob had already been blessed by God? We worked that out, right? That's when I asked you to put your hand up. He'd already been blessed abundantly. So why is he asking for blessing? Think about that. We'll come back to that in a second. Okay, so the man agrees. He's like, okay, what's your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you've struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Okay, here we are. Okay, here's the crux. This is cool. Does anyone remember what Jacob's name meant from last week? Can anyone remember? Well, hands up. Who was it? Yeah. Deceiver. Full marks. Deceiver. Can you imagine if your mum and your and your dad called you deceiver? 
and you went to school. Or rap, like, be like Rat Bag, yeah? And be like, hey, I'm, I'm Rat Bag. Can't, can't trust me. Deceiver, yeah, that's me. Right? But this, isn't, this is not him anymore. God changed his name. I was speaking to Isaac just before, uh, before youth group, and he's like, yeah, I read, I read more about Jacob. He's not a nice guy at all. And it's true. He really wasn't. Okay? But at this point, God changes his name. Now, you probably remember uh, in the past talks that you've listened to, a few people had the names changed. So Abram turns to Abraham. Sarah used to be Sarai. And Paul uh, used to be Saul in the New Testament. So name changes are kind of important at different points in the Bible and for different reasons. But I love this one. I love it. Israel. The name given to him means wrestles with God. Wrestles with God. And Israel obviously ends up being the namesake for the Jewish race. God's people, Israel, who wrestle with God. Who are God's people? That's a question, not rhetorical. Who are God's people? Oh, we've got two different ones. Bit of a trick question. We've heard us, and we've heard the Jewish people. Interesting. Let me, let me read a passage from Ephesians 3 that might clarify. The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Who are God's people? We are. Christians are God's people. Why? Through the gospel. The good news of Jesus means that we have been brought into that final bead of blood, the final blessing. God has blessed us. He has died. He has taken our sin and Ephesians 1 verse 3 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So, what do we learn from this passage? As God's people, we need to wrestle with God. So, are you wrestling like Jacob, or are you going to tap out? Okay, When something happens in your life, Here's a massive example for you guys. Sam mentioned this last week. Boyfriends and girlfriends, right? Are you going to wrestle with God? Are you going to listen to the Bible? Are you going to wait for the right person that God has for you? It might test your patience. It might test your faith. There's a non-Christian that's paying you attention. You know, you know that sexting or even sex are on their agenda. Are you going to tap out? and message that person. Or maybe you're going through something painful at the moment. Maybe you are suffering, and it might be with friendships or your home life or with health issues, and it's painful and it's hard. Or maybe you've lost someone that you love, or, you're very, or they're very ill. Will you wrestle? Will you hold on to God and trust Him and allow Him to bless you, or are you going to tap out? Are you going to believe those insipid, evil lies of the devil? Let me give you some. God doesn't care for you. God doesn't love you. How could he love someone like you? The promises in the Bible aren't true. You're not forgiven. Tap out. Give up. 
It's easier. Now, I'm 41 years old. The Christian life, let me tell you, is a wrestle with God. We wrestle in prayer, we wrestle... And if you are reading the Bible and it's comfortable for you, then you're not reading it right. Love your enemies, pray for the people that hurt you. This is not easy stuff. I'm going to look at more of those in uh, groups later on. Because when Jacob finished the fight, he limped away. Forever he was changed, okay? God had broken him. He had wrestled with God. He'd come off second best, but he didn't tap out. This wasn't the same guy who had left, who deceived Esau and run away from him, who deceived his, his father to get the blessing. Because he'd seen life, he'd been deceived. Laban had deceived him for ages. He'd seen hard times, he'd learned what it was to suffer and to work hard, to have to rely on God. And so God changed Jacob that night. Okay? And it wasn't just his hip. He was a different man after that wrestle. The deceiver had been humbled. And it's exactly the same with us. And it's not going to be necessarily through physical pain. It might be. But wrestling with God will change who you are deeply. God had blessed him through that time with Laban, as we said. But here, he wants more. He's holding on. And he knew only God could give it to him. And he wasn't just going to let go until he was blessed by God. That's how much he wanted it. He's reaching out. He's striving. He's clinging to God. He wants more of God. And we need to allow God to make those changes that he wants to make. And let me tell you, it's going to be painful. And it's going to be hard. We can't bless ourselves. So do you want that blessing? Do you really, really want it? Are you pleading with God, bless me, no matter how it feels, I want your blessing. And what is the greatest blessing that we receive? We're forgiven. God's forgiveness. God's grace. God's own son. He won't hold that back. So right now, you guys are going to go into your groups and you're going to think a bit more about what it means to wrestle with God. And can I say, it's really important that you're honest with your struggles in that group. And can I also say that in order for someone to be honest with their struggles, they need to be able to feel safe in that environment. And so please make sure that as you're chatting and listening and sharing stuff, that this is... that. People can feel safe and not stress that this is going to go any further than what's being said here. If everyone is allowed to, to share how they're feeling and know that that's not going to uh, be spread around or be t- anyone else be told, then you will actually build these groups. Uh, and I, I've actually, because I, I said I've done youth group for a while, I, I took a group all the way from year 7 to year 12, and they are still mates. And they still share, and they still give me a call, because they've, they've developed that bond, that trust between each other. So not just tonight, but every night when you go back to your groups, this is a real, really, really important opportunity for you guys to be able to wrestle with God together. Okay? Because that's what it's all about. That's the Christian life. Okay? The leaders know it. I know it. So let's do it. Let me pray.
Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that the Christian life is a struggle and it's a wrestle. We know that it's hard to live in this world. But we also know, Father, that you want to bless us. You want to help us. You want to grow us. You want to change us. And so, Father, help us to put up with the pain if we need to. Help us to put up with the struggle and people making fun of us or laughing at us, Lord. Please give us strength to not tap out. Father, we ask that uh, you would hold us and keep us until the very last day. We pray now, Lord, that as we go and as we share and as we speak to each other, that you would help us day to day to build each other up, to help each other out, and to wrestle with God together. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.